Hey, welcome to the South Piedmont Community College Public Safety Leadership Podcast. Uh, my name is Battalion Chief Rob Cannon, and I'm on with a super cool guest this uh, <laughs> this month. And I'm here with Bill Southerd. And Bill, um, I'm, I'm not going to say you're old, Bill, but you've developed many years of subject matter expertise in the fire service. Uh, particularly, um, well, you've developed expertise in tactical radio and digital communications, which is sort of your full-time gig. And then yeah. over the years, you've also developed this uh, expertise in public information function. Uh, I believe I, I can say you are one of the most experienced and, and sort of sought after, uh, or you've, you've done a lot of work in this topic uh, over the last decade, I suppose. You, you train, you've been to all sorts, you know, everything from hurricanes to hazmat calls. You're dealing with a hazmat call, like, as we record this. So yeah, I appreciate absolutely. you being here tonight. Um, before we start into the topic, uh, to, you know, tell everyone how you got to be here. You've been in uniform for a long time, so let's go way back. You know, tell us about your, what brought you into uniform. And I know it was before the fire service, there was another uniform, right? Yep. I, I, I was in the uh, army for 11 years, um, worked everything from regular army through the national guard. Um, that was the, the, kind of the sunset part of my, uh, my career. Um, but I was in the army, uh, just a ground pounder infantry guy, a grunt. Um, they call us crunchies, I guess, cause we crunch when they drive over us, but, um, had a great time in the military, learned uh, a lot about, uh, leadership, brotherhood, serving service above, above self. And then, uh, Got out. I went into the corporate world a little bit as a. Uh, it's, it's odd, but I went into it as a, uh, a corporate investigator slash interview interrogator. It was really really different. Worked for the gov federal government a little bit doing that, um, but did not like. Um, it was weird. I didn't like not knowing how my week would be. I would train or prepare on Mondays to leave Tuesday through Wednesday to, or Tuesday through uh, Friday somewhere in the country to go interview somebody that did something wrong. And I tell my wife, it's like, I'm, I'm like the Grim Reaper because I'd roll out somewhere and then totally change somebody's life. Even though I didn't put them in that situation, I didn't enjoy it as much. So I needed that brotherhood, uh, that, that, that selfless service again, that I got in the military. So after just a couple of years in the civilian world, uh, joined the fire department here in Huntersville, went, put, uh, went through the, uh, uh, recruit training, got my firefighter, uh, one and two TR, RT, whatever it was at the time, EMT, and just started working for the fire department and still doing the corporate investigations, which was pretty lucrative, but it was just a crazy travel schedule. Um, and of course, you know, I said I did 11 years, uh, so I was getting up there in age. I was one of those uh, people that loved to go to training in the fire service, but at the same time, uh, I was a hard charger and wanted to pass everybody and beat everybody and everything I did. But that night, I think they were probably home hanging out with their family and I was in a bathtub of ice. So uh, I realized I was getting up there and ended up uh, joining the uh, Charlotte Fire Department as a uh, telecommunicator about seven years ago. And it's crazy, I've had a really good, uh, got, I got on their tactical communications team, deployed quite a bit um, all over the place for, for major incidents and, and deployments. And then um, I'm, I'm lucky now, I, now I manage the division. So I, I just got extremely lucky and, and over the last six years, just worked extremely hard, went through every position in, 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 in uh, what we call alarm 
and now I'm the operations manager responsible for 40 other people. And uh, um, I, love, I still, still have a very big passion for the job, still work for the town of Huntersville as a firefighter. Um, I do that part-time and somehow found my way into the public information world and uh, went through a bunch of training with that. Uh, got credentialed as an all-hazards PIO and uh, I get called quite, quite frequently to go other places in the state and represent other agencies from police departments to fire departments. Uh, particularly, I found a niche somehow where I get called quite a bit for like line of duty deaths, which are unfortunate deployments, but, and they will, they will weigh on you emotionally, but um, they're very important deployments. Um, it's kind of a godsend that you're gonna go in there and help them. And I've, I've done quite a few of those from law enforcement and fire. So, uh, yeah, so I'm a double credentialed uh, communicator, I guess is how you would say it. So I, I'm what they call a communications unit leader, all hazards communications unit leader through North Carolina. And I'm also an all hazards public information officer. So fortunately my agency, Charlotte and Huntersville, they let me, uh, they let me go and do those deployments. Um, this recently went on a hurricane deployment out east, uh, turned into a tropical storm. And right now I'm the COMEL for the RNC, which starts this week. So I've been working on that all week. This week, I have uh, about 20 folks in town to help support that on the comm side, but I'm also dealing with a major gas leak right now in Huntersville. So I'm doing that as the uh, PIO for the town as well. So, uh, and it's, it's interesting. Wife looks at me sideways sometimes. Well, uh, let me uh, <clears throat> congratulate you on. I mean, you you've uh, achieved a lot because you've worked very hard, and you know, you and I have worked together. You know, in tactical calls uh, in the fire department, we've uh, worked together in PIO situations. So, um, certainly, uh, we we bounce ideas off one another, and I've learned a lot from you over the years. And and I've uh, learned a lot from you. <clears throat> so it's, it's been good. You know, you uh, you you're have become a subject matter expert to, you know, around this area and, and really nationwide. So we commend you for that. So tonight's topic, um, which I briefed you on is really PIO 101. Uh, okay. And we're, we'll make this a, a pretty high level discussion. We're teeing up the class that's going to happen on September, September 10th down at the community college, which I, I hope you can come down and teach for us. Uh, but anyway, the, the topic is uh, PIO 101 and Let's sort of start at the beginning. Um, let's, you know, people listening to this podcast may be very senior leaders or they may be junior firefighters who aspire to be leaders. And we don't know what sort of knowledge they have about the PIO function and even if they have any much interest in it. So let's start with the, the why. You know, we, we, we PIOs try to answer the, the journalistic questions. Why should anyone be interested in this topic of PIO? Whether you're a chief or whether you're a firefighter, what's in it for me? And that's precisely the question I had to had to charge or challenge and answer when we decided to have the PIO position in, in the town of Huntersville. So we didn't have a PIO when I first started. No one really saw a need for PIO. And, and to be honest with you, the common mission statement for media relations and community relations was if you're at a fire and the phone rings, you just don't answer it because I mean, honestly, that's exactly what I was told initially. Like, you know, it's, it's not a good thing. And I started thinking about it. And I'm like, what do you mean it's not a good thing? Um, you're going to run into an incident or an event one day or um, 
maybe a personnel issue where you're going to have to be able to protect what we're calling your brand and your brand is your department. You could have a department that's 50 or 100 years old. You could have one incident. Uh, it could be a personnel incident. It could be a bad call. It could be a good call. Um, but on game day, if you're not ready to address and provide um, information at the right time to the right people to make the right decision, then you're going to find yourself way behind. So we, we found ourselves not in a situation like that, but I said, we have a uh, identity crisis in Huntersville. So, you know, with 50 some thousand residents, 63 square miles, uh, three or four different fire departments have served us. We had a bunch of volunteer fire departments, the Gilead Fire Department, Mallard Creek Fire Department, Huntersville Fire Department, all of them, uh, no one really knew who their fire department was. And to be quite honest with you, a lot of them thought it was Charlotte. And um, we were starting to uh, incur or we're going to incur some equipment costs for some new fire trucks and to bring on more personnel as our calls ticked up. And I convinced the fire chief at the time, who was a fire chief that you wouldn't think would be on the forefront of this, that we needed somebody to start building a brand for the department. So that's how the PIO thing started in Huntersville. So he, he actually said, go for it. And, um, started forwarding me everything uh, from, from town commissioners to residents to the media. And he had a lot of faith in me. Thank, thank goodness I didn't let him down. And I remember telling my wife, well, it's time for me to go get some schooling because I don't want to do this wrong. So I started going to a bunch of different classes. I learned most by, uh, by maybe not doing it so correctly. Um, definitely made some decisions and some comments and represented maybe not the way it should have been initially, but I learned from it, um, forged relationships with local media. And it's been, we've been very lucky ever since. So we stay extremely active and um, it's extremely important. And I use the term to protect the brand. You probably learned that in college about uh, media relations and, and advertising and marketing, but it's extremely important because it, it, ta it takes a second to lose your brand and it takes forever to build it back. And um, that's right. And, and we, uh, we, we sometimes, you know, forget that the, uh, the people that are, they're paying the salaries and buying the equipment, they, they need, they want to know what's going on when they see, they when they see 10 fire trucks in their neighborhood, they, they want to hear it. Um, mm -hmm. And, and you're right that too often we have firefighters who are, uh, they are they are brave and and uh, full of vigor when it comes to responding to that incident. But boy, the media uh, or that that chance to talk publicly or to tell people what's going on it can be very frightening. And and they don't; mm -hmm. they'd rather not answer the phone or yeah. uh, so. To make that conscious decision is very important. And like you said, um, that that PIO function it's in the ICS chart. It's always there along with safety and finance and logistics and operations and planning, it's there and someone better be doing it or, you know, again, you're going to, you're going to struggle with, with bad community awareness. So you're and, right. And you, as a PIO, you report to the incident commander. So you're at, you're at, the, you're at the top, you know, and it's extre extremely important. And um, you're right. You know, I'll get, I'll arrive on scene and you see the, I, I want to arrive on scene and actually be a firefighter initially. <laughs> That's my goal. But then you see the firefighters look at you and go, thank goodness you're here. I'm going to give you the media and I'm going to go do that. And you're like, okay, that's fine. But um, firefighters generally, and I, I believe police officers are kind of the same thing. They generally 
uh, run away from the camera when the camera shows up. So you do need somebody that goes and talks to the media um, and gives them the rundown on what happened. And it's extremely important to initially start out with it. You know, that everyone is safe. This is what we've did. This is when we arrived. This is how fast it took. Uh, you don't want to make light of anybody's peril or anybody's, uh, uh, the, you know, when we show up in the fire service, it's usually their worst day of their life. So, um, and, you know, initially it, I fumbled through it a couple of times through some of the fires and stuff. And then we just, it just took off. And now they're all looking for you constantly. Um, they're calling you and saying, can you get a hold of somebody at this agency or that agency? And it's just, it's, it's, it's an extremely important position that is growing throughout the nation. You're seeing it at almost all the departments now. It's, it's well, it's like, yeah. And people are going to wake up at 6 AM and flip on the news and a reporter is going to be standing at an overnight fire and they're either going to have, a long angle shot that just shows some flashing lights and they don't know what happened, or they're going to have someone saying, Hey, your Smallville firefighters arrived here in four and a half minutes. And here's what they did. And when it comes to building your brand awareness and when it comes to budget time and telling your story about what you're doing and why it's important, if you're not taking that opportunity, you're missing a big opportunity. So it's huge. We, I didn't, I didn't expect it would be a big help at budget time at all. Um, I didn't expect that it would be a big help with our commissioners, but it was, it turned out to be a really good step towards that to where commissioners would call me and say, Hey, I would like to talk about something to do with the fire department. Um, if you think about it, we, we, we belong to one of the best, the best profession in the world because our whole goal in life is to show up at somebody's problem and make it right. We don't hold, we don't really hold anybody accountable. We're not out there to punish anybody. Our goal is to show up and make it better than when we first got there. And when you share that, you start getting a lot of support from your taxpayers, from your town or city commissioners, from your mayor, from all your electeds, they're all over it. And then one day when you wanna ask for a bigger apparatus than you ever had, like a mid-mount tower ladder, if you can show and demonstrate in the last year or two the benefit of that fire service, you're not only protecting their brand, you're improving that brand and it's allowing, it's kind of opening that, greasing that pipeline of, of finance into your department. You get better gear, you get better because you got really good exposure. So um, we, we realized, I, I wasn't smart enough to realize that that's what was going to happen. Uh, but boy, did it. It took off more than anything. And then when that happens, your fire chief buys into it immediately. The captains and the other chiefs buy into it. And you just got to go ahead and win over those firefighters after that and make sure they understand the importance of the job. Right. And one thing I realized, you know, <clears throat> in addition to sort of building your story and building your brand, you know, every once in a blue moon, the PIO is like, your job is critical to, to life safety. Um, you know, a hazmat call or a gas, you know, what you're dealing with right now. So in those cases, when, critical information needs to be put out. Like you have to have, and I know you, you're a big fan of the establishing relationships with the media and working your social media. But when, like when that, when that hazmat situation happens or when there's a, an active uh, violence incident, you know, your PIO then is, is can be saving lives just as much as a person dragging the hose or with the, you know, the uh, ballistic uh, capability. Yeah. And it can be, and you're going to have to explain why on that active shooter event, 
you have firefighters dressed the way they are and why they're working with the, the police officers. And, uh, and then when they realize how much intertwined the fire and police and medic are, then they realize, okay, yeah, I mean, wow, I didn't know they did all that. But like you were saying, this hazmat issue, my job as a, uh, as a representative of the fire department, though, is to assure everybody that this, that we remain on scene. We've been on this call right now. It's uh, Wednesday. We've been there since Friday. We'll be there through next Thursday, uh, 24 hours a day, making sure everything's safe. I'm going to stay, though, in my lane with that and just talk about that. Now, if they want to start talking about the cause of it, the history of this gas pipeline or um, water quality, I got to know as a PIO, I got to find my counterparts and those other agencies that answer that question. I lose credibility if as a firefighter, I'm talking about water quality. So I got to line up that relationship too. So, well, you know, I think we've, we've established now this first part of our conversation, like why the PIO, why is this something to spend a couple hours studying at least? Um, let's move to the question of what, what should be involved in this type of program. Obviously you need a person or two. Um, so you sort of built your program that you're in from the ground up, what things go into it? What are the, uh, the people, the equipment, the training, you know, what goes into it? So, um, <laughs> so initially it was just a, I was a lone wolf, uh, still kind of am, but I have some backup folks. Um, I initially realized that I could not I do not know everything. I will be asleep one day and I'll miss something. So then I had to empower others. This is the type of information I want to see. Uh, this is the type of information I feel is important for our, our citizens and our, our electeds. So if you're on scene, so I kind of crafted out without making a memo or anything, because you know how firefighters are, you just built, you just talk to them about what you would like. I built up the things that I thought would be interesting. Then I, and I realized I need to get this out to the masses. Um, at, when I first started, press releases were huge. Everything was a press release, a document you, you emailed off to assignment desks and stuff. But it quickly transitioned to social. So we created a social media a presence. We went with Twitter for your real-time, dynamic, as it happened, alerts. Facebook as a way to tell the whole story from beginning to end with photos and everything. So that's where you go when everything's done. Instagram because the photos, you know, were kind of cool and all that kind of stuff. And then we also have a website that you can go to get more information. So we built that and then we just kept feeding the machine. We kept feeding it. Um, I knew that um, it was about the first year into it. So over a decade ago, we had a, a night of a bunch of storms in Huntersville and a bunch of trees down, people call 911, fire department goes out for that, police are out there and um, the town, um, street maintenance came out and helped us remove trees. And I made the comment, wow, this is like one town, uh, one team, you know, we're all, we all have the same mission. We're supporting each other. So then we found a hashtag that kind of worked for the, for the town and started using that across all the social outlets. And that worked really well too. From there, um, I came up with this crazy idea that annually I would go visit all the media outlets identified my primary media outlets in the area and go establish a relationship with them and give them some rules of uh, if you need uh, information on an incident, please don't call a fire station. My folks, the folks are trying to sleep. You can call this number. The city, uh, the town gave me a, uh, the technology I needed. They gave me an iPad. Uh, they gave me a, a phone and a, a cell phone account and all and a laptop. And we just started 
communicating and establish relationships with all our primary uh, media, uh, new uh, electronic media, basic TV media, paper media, and then went from there. And it just kept, it just kept growing. Um, I still like to go to fires. So um, I try to get there as soon as I can. I've been known for uh, snapping some photos and getting, putting it in my turnout coat and hoping that the phone lasts until after the fire so I can share the photos. Uh, I think we even have uh, firefighters that will take photos and throw their phone into the mailbox. And that's usually where I get it from. I learned that from uh, Chief Garen in Pineville. He, he had done that a few times. So um, I'm not, I don't have a big camera. I don't, I don't walk around with a big camera. Um, I do carry a, one of them gyro uh, scopes. Uh, what is that? Gyro, I can't remember what it's called. It just kind of is a stabilizer. I'll do that for like training and stuff. But uh, I just have a, a nice uh, phone camera and I use that. And then um, I try to put out everything in, in Twitter as fast as it can come out. I got a little shortcut established on my uh, phone to allow me to, to put something out quickly. And then I usually follow it up with, uh, with Facebook. But what I found is residents just want to know what's going on. Like you said, they have a fire truck in their, in their neighborhood. They want to know, first of all, is everybody safe? Are we on scene? Are we solving the situation? So that's usually my primary goal is to get that out. And my secondary goal is to get some photos of it. They, everyone loves a photo. And when you can put a photo on Twitter, it allows you to tag 10 people in that photo. So I always tag our media. And I had to talk with them and get permission to allow me to tag them. So if I tag WSOC, they got to grant me permission to do it. So without taking up my character space in Twitter, I write the tweet, but tag the photo. And that's how I get all the media involved, and it and it shows up in their in their uh, notifications. Right, and so what I mean, really, what you what I'm hearing you say is like this is not just something that you just pop into overnight. You, over time, you develop sort of a comprehensive strategy, and you know, in my experience, uh, on this topic of you know what goes into a program, obviously, you need a a person or the people that are a willing to do this weird job, you know, that maybe isn't, wasn't our, wasn't initially in our first responder. This is not why we joined it, but now we're willing to help in this capacity. So it has to be someone who I think obviously um, enjoys or at least can function speaking publicly. They have a generally decent command of the English language and written and verbal, you know, and that, and you know, obviously if you have someone who has that digital capability that helps and, and then there's a, if you have that person who's a great sort of a community event, logistical person, you know, when I was on a PIO team, we had someone who sort of could, each one of those was someone's wheelhouse. Like someone was really enjoy setting up a community event with a local, you know, organization. Someone was, you know, really enjoy going to a scene and someone was good digitally. So if you can co somehow combine that, you will have a good PIO team on your hands. I agree. Cause there's a lot more involved than just going to scenes. Um, you've got it, you know, it, it's not all, all folks in the fire department feel comfortable talking in front of like 15 school children. Although I would think it's easy. We have some of the best firefighter, brave firefighters out there terrified of that. They just don't feel comfortable. Um, so yeah, you, you have to be able to do that. Um, you have to have a command presence on scene with the cameras. 
Um, that doesn't mean boss them around and stuff, but someone's watching you on TV. They've got a feel. I always try to imagine my wife watching TV, wanting to know if a situation is safe and seeing someone out there wearing a fire helmet that is giving them exactly what they need to know to make. And, and we, they say it a lot in FEMA. When you go to PIO school, you learn, take the right information in the right hands at the right time to make the right decisions. And if you can do all of that, that's like the, who, what, where, and why to, of writing something. So um, that's important. Always try to get a chief officer, somebody with a white helmet, not just me. I'd rather have a chief officer speak so that he or she is providing that absolute command presence. A white helmet means a lot. And when you see chief on the front shield, it means a lot. You have to coach them sometimes to get them out there. And also they're busy, but I, I like to use them if I can. Um, I'll stand off to the side and help them, give them a little, the timing and everything that they need. How many firefighters, what time we arrived, how long it took to control it. Um, command presence is big. Um, you can't be an ego person where I always want to be the person on TV. You just can't do that. I know I don't have, I have a face for radio. I, I realize that. So, um, uh, and then also you, 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 you got to remember who's watching you, right? So other media outlets are watching you, uh, your residents are watching you, your neighbors are watching you, your elected officials are watching you, your fire chief is watching you and you do not need to embarrass him or her. They've done, they've worked too hard for their department and their career. So right. it takes a little practice and, um, certainly the bigger the incident and, and I know we've both been a part of these. Sometimes it's just a matter of, uh, hurting the cat, so to speak, of trying to get someone to provide something to the media to tell your story, you know, and they're very busy. And, and you're right, the PIO doesn't necessarily always need to be the face of every single thing. You want to try and get the the, the command presence or the uh, department leader. That That's the sort of the best thing when, they, when the PIO can coordinate it and then step back and let one of the uh, command staff, or the incident commander, but that isn't always possible. In any event, you know, you got to be ready to, um, like I said, provide that information at the right time, accuracy uh, and speed combined. Yep. So, and it, um, it helps to organize the scene a little bit, get all the media around you. So you, you, you don't have it. Well, you want them to be safe too. a fire scene could be pretty, you know, you can, you can hurt, you can turn an ankle real easy with a media person trying to carry all this stuff by themselves. So I always like to have an area for them to, to corral them. I love it when I have somebody else talk to them because I can sit off to the side and watch and I can step in if we need to, if we're taking too long or we need to go. Um, and uh, it's kind of like I'm the organizer of it. Real, I've been in some really, really big press conferences to where you need to have somebody off to the side helping you kind of navigate that. So, and it's stuff you learn. I mean, I didn't know any of that at first. I figured it out later. I watch a lot of CNN and Fox news, especially we have a big dynamic incident. I like to watch it to see how those PIOs act. Um, I've, I learned though that you have to tell the story because if you're not on scene to tell the story, the media is going to tell it for you. And you've seen some of these train wreck, uh, anchors inside a building talking about a how a big fire and they're they're not making they're trying they're really trying hard to um articulate what's going on but they're missing they're totally yeah and it hurts sometimes and that's what i always tell the chief you see we don't want them to tell our story we want to tell our story and hopefully they report what we tell them well you know you're right and the pio function is something that 
you know, you, you have to start doing it. Someone has to start doing it. And I think it's awkward and uh, it's difficult for everyone the first few times you do it because it's just a, for, for most of us in the first responder field, it's a new thing. Like we didn't come out of Jace journalism school and we haven't spent much time in front. Of, so we have to learn by mistake. Um, and it just takes a, a while to do it. And I think um, it's a topic worth discussing uh, for, for leaders. And I, Bill, I appreciate you uh, coming on tonight. I know you are, you're busy with the RNC prep. You've got a gas leak. You've got, you know, a son just started eighth grade or something. So you're in the yeah, middle of it. Yeah. He's doing appreciate good. It. Yeah, I know. I, I, I bet. Uh, Remote right. learning thing at, at the school is not a bad thing. I was, I'm, I'm pretty impressed at how it's going, knock on wood. And uh, different times right now. It is. And, uh, well, anyway, we, uh, we appreciate you being here with us for a little bit tonight to uh, tee up this topic. Hopefully you can join us on the 10th. Um, and for those of you listening, um, it's a super important topic and, uh, we hope you, uh, learned a little bit tonight and we'll continue this discussion uh, moving forward with that. I'll stop recording. We'll see you.